This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Everybody, welcome to an exciting another family affair here at Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, Tim Wurzberger. Hello. And my beautiful, lovely, talented, patient wife, Danielle Scott. Hello, honey. Hi. Wow. She's very nervous. She shakes her head no. <laughs> but she's not a loud talker. So we gotta try to bring it out of her, Tim. Okay. I'll do my best. Yeah, right. so we um she was nice enough. To come down to the studio, we're doing a night episode. It's men's night here in Traverse City, so obviously I brought my wife downtown. And we decided to do a little podcast of the other side of the coin when it comes to hockey. We always hear about the guy's side, my perspective, how I feel, what's going on when I'm getting traded, this and that. Now it's time to look at the other side, how my wife, the better half, the person who really holds it all together when you're in the NHL, she's the one who's at home with the kids, dealing with all the stuff while I'm just living my dream. So I'm interested to hear what she has to say. I'm sure hopefully everyone else is. And Tim's going to lead us off. It's going to be like, a, what, what's a good talk show these days? I don't even know. The late night show, I don't know. The late uh, night show with John Scott. What's the Andy Cohen one? Yeah, funny Watch story what? about that. My my mom's cousin is the executive producer of that, so I got oh, really? to go a couple years ago and go on set, and they had like, I don't know, who's the guy who's in Law and Order, Ice Cube or Ice T or whatever, huh? Law. The, Law and Order. Law and Order. Yeah, the guy that used to be a rapper. And Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Yeah, he Ice was team? he was a special guest that that night. Oh, Ice cool. Cube was in Friday. It's. I it's don't not know. him. No. LL Cool J. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. R. Kelly. We're out of touch. No, no R. Kelly, he's canceled. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a funny show. But we're anyways. Uh, watch but what yeah, happens we'll live. Be, uh, yeah. Watch what happens live with yeah. uh, Tim, John, and Danielle. All right, Tim. Well, listen. I'm, you can steer the ship. I'll just chime in whenever I want to. And Danielle, you guys have fun. We do. We, we do, do get, get a lot of questions of people saying, "Oh, what's, let's get John's wife on the show. We want to hear from Danielle." So we decided to do it. We sent out a tweet the other day, just kind of sending your questions. So some of these are coming from fans. Some of these are coming from. People in the office, everyone wants to kind of hear your side of the story of his career and what it's like to be an NHL wife. I'm sure it's it's hard for people who haven't lived that life to know, really know, understand what that's like, and, and uh, you can share a little bit of that story. So sure. um, before we get to the NHL wife, I want to talk a little bit about, I mean, you guys met in college, obviously. I imagine you went to some of his games. Did you? Can you talk a little bit about watching um, the games in college? Yeah, I went to one. One? And I think... I was there for maybe a period, and is even. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. We weren't there. Um, and I was like, "What's all the hype about?" And we left. So, so not we weren't dating. Fan. We were not dating though. Okay, so this yeah. is before you were dating. Yeah, we started dating yes. after my senior season. Okay, so yeah. spring, so springtime. I pursued her for four years and got <laughs> shut down numerous times. Is that true, Danielle? Pursued is, I mean, you John said Scott you said odd things to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> occasionally, and you you know drove me home from school one day, which was nice. Yeah, that's me pursuing. Yeah, yeah. you declining many yeah. times. 
She dated a football player. Mistake. So. Look where we are now. I know. I know. I know. On the podcast. But yeah, she didn't go to many hockey games. But um, I do remember when I went to the game, I was like, I think that really cute tall guy, John Scott, plays hockey. And I remember like kind of thinking that, but leaving shortly after. <laughs> so, yeah. Fleet. Yeah. Not a very long thought. No. What was it like, uh, I mean, being in Division One school with a hockey guy sort of like pseudo-celebrities on campus? Were they, you know, full of ego? What were they like? Yeah, this is, so it was a D1 hockey school, but it was D1, no other sports, and we're primarily an engineering school. So, like, the engineers are kind of like the athletes. Like, we all think we're, you know, better than everybody, and then the athletes are just the people that cheat in class and drive annoyingly fancy cars, because they all have, like, full rides. Yeah. So, um... That was my stereotype of the hockey team, honestly. And um, they just kind of kept to themselves. You did not see them on campus because they would travel on the weekends. So, you know, everybody else was social Thursday through Saturday. You guys would be on the road and then nobody would see you unless they were, you know, in part of your group. They'd be at a party like a Sunday night or like a Monday night. And so I never, I had one girlfriend that liked the hockey team and she like dragged me to a pancake breakfast one morning. I remember that. Yeah. Made you pancakes. Yeah. Yeah, because we would practice predominantly Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'd We'd play Friday, Saturday, so we couldn't go out and party. The big party nights on campus were Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Danielle was tearing it up all through the week, and I didn't have a chance to talk to her. And by the time I wanted to go out, she was just recuperating. Yeah. So that's right. No, she wasn't. But it's just, um, yeah, we just had different schedules. And she was in a sorority. I really didn't jive well with the frats too much. And we just kind of, yeah. We never saw each other out socially. I saw John in class. But, um,. And actually, when I first met him, I thought he played basketball. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, um, gosh, what did we have together? It was like a higher physics class. I feel like it was, but anyway, engineering school, the first two years are like very big classes. And when you get into the second two years, then they're smaller. So you start to notice people in these classes. And then um, it was Dr. Ligon. He needed something pulled down. He's like, you, that big tall guy, come on up here. And then you like save the day and pulled something. Yeah. Pulled down the projector screen. Yep. And um, then he was like, do you play basketball? Of course, everybody probably asked you that. And he said, no, of course, hockey. So, Were you still growing in college or were you done? Um, I was, I think I probably grew a few inches in yeah. the four years, but I more filled out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he looks so different. How much did you weigh back then? You were so skinny. I came in around two, 215, 220. Like you were still going through puberty until yeah. we were, like, <laughs> while we were married. Like I... Danielle. I feel like I remember when we got we were young when we got married I was 24 but you had just like a little patch of chest hair like in the middle and like that was it and now it's all over so what kind of what kind of weird stuff was he saying to you was like kid in the playground who kicks the girl in the shin that he likes it was bad it was (laughs) wasn't that bad um you insult me, like yeah. So it's yeah. Sounds like pretty clear flirting to me. I don't know why I was like, <laughs> yeah. like we would be studying for an exam, and you can um, you have scoops of previous students who have taken the class, and they have like make a practice test, and 
I grabbed one of her scoops and it was from somebody from her sorority. It's part of the draw of being in a sorority. We like collect. We have like this library of all of our old tests and classes so you can use it to study. Nice. So I just yeah. grabbed this random test and I was like, oh, such and such name, Rebecca. I don't know. who you remember who it was? Kathleen Bendick. Yeah. Kathleen Bendick. What did I say? I went out with her a few You're times. You're like, I dated her. And dated I was her. like, he just was pulling at anything to like get my attention. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you didn't. I don't think so. And, and she packed up her stuff and left. And you just kept pressing it, and you were trying to like come up with something. And I was like, "Gosh, you're wasting my time. I've got to go." Like, we were off the table. We were like trying to study for a test, and I'm like, "What is your deal?" I just didn't get it. Did you know what he was doing though? No, I thought he was just being obnoxious. I honestly was really naive. Typical was, hockey player. I was really I naive. So full of himself. So yeah, weird. I know. I know. Uh, Strike five at that point. And actually, it was really, if I would have been, I mean, I was like a sheltered kid. If I would have been more socially adept, I would have seen that he was just trying to be nice to me and like taken pity on the fact that he's just doing anything to come up, trying, but I was just completely aloof to it. So it was genuine. I was just myself, I guess. It hurt a lot. Yeah. But we moved past it. Yeah. And so you started dating uh, the end of senior year, springtime. Yeah, yeah, we were both up there taking summer classes and the campus gets really small at that point and yeah, we just kind of actually bumped into each other socially and we were in the same class? Uh no, actually he went um you were out at the downtowner and I was out there with my girlfriends and we just started playing darts and yeah. Had fun, yeah. And away we, my my friend was meeting up with one of Danielle's friends. And he's like I need someone to come out with me and I was like I don't want to no and he's like come on come on come on and I say like, fine so I went out with him and Danielle was there and I was like nice <laughs> and so yeah it was a totally random thing and then we started playing darts and we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years and we just kind of we just hit it off it was I mean two weeks later I told my friend we were going to get married and we were engaged very shortly after that wow I know yeah. so uh, fast forward a little bit. John's talked a little bit about how he expected his hockey career to finish there, and then he unexpectedly got that call from Houston Arrows. Um, do you remember what, what was your situation then? Were you guys dating? Do you remember that moment that he got the call? So he was very on the down low about his hockey career. I didn't really understand it, and I didn't really understand what he was doing. As far as I was concerned, he was an engineer. I'm an engineer. I had one more year of school. Then we were going to graduate, and we'd just be doing that. And I didn't really understand what he was doing in Houston. He was just like, I'm just going to go do this for a year. It's a job. He just downplayed it. He's just, you know, I feel like you're always pessimistic up front, and then you over-deliver. So that's what he did, basically. And you guys kept in touch that year? Yeah, we kept in touch, and I'd go down and visit, and it was fun, and I didn't... I remember being down there, and I'm so naive, like, being there and talking to the other girls that were, like, really invested in this career and this lifestyle, and... And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's people on this team, they're going to make the NHL? And they're like, yeah, we're all, like, banking on that. And I'm like, what? No. Like, really? And I remember, like, asking you, and you're like, well, some of them, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. It's funny, because, like, you're totally naive to the fact that he's playing, like, the second best league in the world. Oh, yeah. No, I had no idea. She had no idea whatsoever. Yeah, she would come down and... It was, it was fun. It was it really was, fun. Yeah, we'd go out and eat, and we'd, you'd come to a game. Well, gosh, it was like he was so showtime. He was making money. I mean, I had like negative $70 in my bank account. He'd <laughs> yeah. like fly me down, and um, it's Houston. It was warm. There was like a pool there. It just felt like, I mean, Mexico or something. Yeah. It felt amazing. Would, I would go to practice. We'd come home from practice. We'd grab a couple cases and a pizza, 
or tacos and we go and sit by the pool. Yeah. Or like we'd go, you'd, we went to Japanero's, I'd like sushi for the yeah. first time. And like we'd go to like the Cheesecake Factory for dinner Fancy. or like um, yeah. PF Chang's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was pretty big. It was pretty big. It was fun. It, it was, was really, really fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. And you were only down there for a year? Two and a half years I was down there. Two and a half years? Yep. And then you got called up to Minnesota. Yes. And that was for like half a season before you got your first one year deal? Yes. One way deal? Yep. And were you guys married by that point? Yes. So you were She the- was working in Minnesota at that time. Oh, that worked out well. Well, it's funny too, and that's just like a. I was just, you know, I was really set on us becoming engineers. I just thought that was what was going to happen. And so after we got married, I'm like, I'm going to start our career, my career, and, you know, I'll get like a home base. And he's like, after this year, if I don't make it, I'm done. And I'm like, well, that sounds great. I'll get us settled. No, we talked about a three year. Well, that would be the third year. I know, but we did. It wasn't just like I said. We did talk before I went. We'll try three years. And if it doesn't work out, I don't want to waste my time. You know, doing this and running around for it wasn't great money at that time. They make a lot more now, but we just kind of decided we just give it give it that amount of time. But yeah, um, I started working, and you got called up. Like it worked out great. At what point did you realize like what a big deal it was, and that he was like going to be a hockey player? Um, it was it was a really cool time. I do remember. Um, being at work and people being new and people wanting to know about us and John and they knew the Houston Arrows. I'm like, oh, my husband's, you know, he's playing hockey in Houston and they're like, what? And they're like, oh my gosh. And so that was kind of fun. And when you'd get called up, like my, I I worked at Boston Scientific, there was like 3,000 people in our building and everybody knew about it and it was really exciting. And They'd all, they were all cheering for you, and um, they checked the lineup and let me know if like he was going to play. And um, like all of our friends from Michigan Tech that we all used to hang out with lived in Minneapolis. There's so many of us, so it was a fun time. We all were working for the first time, and we were all no responsibilities, no kids. So I'd like race out of work and drive down to uh, St. Paul and meet friends. And there's like a bar full of our friends and. Uh, in Minnesota, hockey is really cool. Like you just get into St. Paul and it's kind of like this quiet, dead town. And then it's just the rink and it's huge and there's lights and their horn is like blaring and there's cops all over the streets and people are just dumping out of every like corner of the street getting into the hockey game. And um, It has a college feel to it. Yeah. Where the whole town embraces the hockey team. Just like... Um, the Gophers or Wisconsin or Boston, BU, like it, it very. It's a small town feel when there's a game. It's really everybody really cool. gets into it, and yeah, just sitting in there in the Excel Energy Center is a loud rink, and it's like yeah, and then just seeing you down there, it's like what has happened? It's bizarre. So, so obviously, a big moment for a player is signing that first one way deal. That's probably the moment where you feel like, okay, I've made it in this league. Yeah, do you remember that moment when you got that deal? Like, what was that? I like? do. I was at work, and he called me, and um. You were alone, which is kind of sad, but you were really excited. And of course, again, I didn't really get it. I was just like, so what is that? I was just considered like location wise. Like, so that means you get to stay like, oh, great. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And um, that was fun. It hit me afterwards. We did like I threw like a big surprise party for you. And we loaded a bar up with all of our friends and had like a big cake and we just had a huge party. It was fun. Yeah, we were living with your friends the first year in this little house. And so it was nice to kind of 
get a little security. We bought a place after that. Didn't we, we bought that house before. We did. You forget things. That's why I'm glad she's here because yeah. my memory is shot. Anyways, but, it was cool. It was really cool because I was by myself and I got to call her. And you're always hoping for this big reaction, like, "Oh my gosh, I have no I'm so big reactions." <laughs> and I'm like, "Honey, I just signed a one-way contract." And she's like, well, "That's nice." Like, wait, Congrats. so you get to stay here? Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Good for you. And I was like, What's for dinner tonight? Yeah, what a letdown. I'm like, come on. I'm like, this is my dream, signing the one way. And she's like, oh, that's nice. Did your, your friends or family give you the reaction you were looking for? Not really. I think you just want this big, like, pat on the back, like, everyone's so happy for you. You don't get it. Yeah, but no one knows what that means. No. Yeah. One way, they just assume... When you're up there, it's a one-way. It's like, no, you get a one-way contract, a two-way contract. Guys are on three-way, three-way contracts where you can get sent down. and It's a whole, it's a whole business. The other part is, though, the end-of-year meeting, they kind of told you that. I feel like you just don't believe it until you see it. So I feel like I kind of was anticipating. Yeah, my exit meeting after the first year, usually they send the guys back to go play playoffs in their AHL team. So I was fully expecting to leave and jump in with the arrows to go on a playoff run. But the GM said, no, we don't want you to do that. We're going to, you know, we'll sign you to a one-way, so we're not going to send you to Houston. I was like, oh, okay, that's great. So I knew beforehand that we worked out a contract in the next few weeks. So yeah. Even though the wild season was over? Yeah. They just didn't want you to get hurt or anything? Yeah. Or? Yeah, So which was great. I, I felt bad. I went down to Houston and picked up my stuff and left, but I was like, yeah, I don't have to play playoffs. Like, I'm out of here. I'm getting one-way. See you, boys. Yeah. So... So, so let's kind of think about the whole the whole breadth of his career now. I mean, Chicago, New York, uh, Buffalo. What I mean, did you did you? How many of the games did you go to? Did it depend on if you were living in the city or not? Um, yeah, the first year I went to all of them. I just go right after work. Um, in Chicago, I wasn't living there initially. That first year, I wasn't back and forth a lot. But I usually, I mean, I went to almost all the games. Unless John wasn't playing, sometimes I wouldn't go. But sometimes I'd still go just to socialize. Um, and then as the kids got a little bit older, they wanted to go. And so I wouldn't go to all of them because it was exhausting. Yeah. So sometimes it was just nicer to watch it on TV. And what's it like being a wife of a player? Do you get the VIP treatment for game night? Yeah, every rink is different. Like California was amazing. We had... Um, like they're all they all do it different, but they had this middle level on the rink that was like a suite level. Usually the suites are upstairs, but this was like a more convenient, like yeah. almost like an ice level. And you had to have a special pass down there and they had us in like our own bar area. And we had our own like bartender and we just sat on high top tables. We could kind of see the ice, so something really exciting happened, but there's TVs everywhere. And we just sat in there. We never even went out and sat in our seats. It was fun. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. The wives don't watch the game too intently. Maybe we kind of do. do. Some of them do. Some of some them. Some are pretty intense. But I think for the most part, they go and they hang out. They grab dinner. Yeah. Have a drink. And they just kind of, you know, most times they leave before the game's over. A lot of guys, yeah, because you do stuff after the game. You work out. You do all that stuff. So you're there for an extra hour and a half after the game. So Yeah. But yeah, that was a good setup. In Buffalo, we had a good setup, too. We had uh, our wives' room. There was a child care room in there. We had our own attendant. And that was right at um, right by our seats. So we could just pop in and out. Uh, Minnesota, they had like a wives' section. A lot of people do that. 
it's just and then the wives like the family room like in New York they had an amazing like they'd have like Chilean sea bass and scallops and <laughs> wow. and yeah. then it's the same wife it's the same wives room for that basketball team I'm gonna the Knicks the Knicks and I remember there who is it like the Lala girl was like dating oh, Carmelo's wife yeah and so I remember like watching that TV show at that time and I'd ask the bartenders about like the NBA wives and they'd give us like oh you should have seen it in here last night they tell us like everything that would happen all the drama yeah that's funny when I was there it was right in the middle of Lynn's sanity oh yeah so it was like that the was Knicks awesome. were a big deal like a huge deal so we would see him in the practice rink and stuff and at the main rink sometimes you'd see like Carmelo and Lynn's sanity and they had all these other guys it was really cool and you were only there for a few months right three four months I think yeah yeah, and in New York, so you had to, it was a long walk from the wise room to um, where we would sit. So a lot of times I never even went to the stands. I just stayed in the wise room. So what about um, away games? Were you watching on TV? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed watching the games on TV. I I wouldn't have expected that. Even if you weren't playing, I'm I'd watch. I didn't know that. I, I did. I liked the commentator. Like I, I liked listening to it. I liked cheering the team on. I actually enjoyed it. Do you remember the first time you watched him on TV? And that is, like, when you're in the stands, that's exciting. It's really cool to see your husband on TV. It's really neat. And hear his name on the broadcast. Yeah, and, and you're not acting. You're just being yourself. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. I remember one time I got a penalty, and I was in the penalty box. And I was effing and jeffing. <laughs> and they zoomed right into my face. And I got a call. I talked to her after the game. And she's like, you need to stop. <laughs> I don't like that. it. Because our kids are and watching. And any kid. And any kids are watching. So after that, I tried to like cut that out of my vocabulary. Oh, man. he. I remember one time it was just so blatant. <laughs> like almost in slow. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Just say something else. Was it a BS penalty, though? I can't. I was probably yelling at another <laughs> player. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, and so I tried after that to really kind of just cut it a little bit because you don't know. You know, you want to be a good role model. Yeah. So she was nice. She was uh, a little angel on my shoulder helping me out. I guess so. This episode of Dropping the Gloves is brought to you by, I'm actually excited for this one. It's brought to you by CoolHockey.com. I have actually ordered some jerseys from them because when my career ended, I couldn't get a jersey for the life of me. So whenever I need a Scott jersey for a charity or something, I go to CoolHockey.com. So it's cool we're pairing up with them. So, hey, anyways, go to CoolHockey.com. They've been selling jerseys since 1999. Everything is done in-house, all the names on the back, all the numbers. They don't ship it out to somebody else. So you get your jerseys fast, and they're honestly a better quality. The customization is approved by the NHL. Every year, so you're not getting knockoffs, you're not getting outdated stuff, all the colors, all the logos, everything on the shoulders, everything is up to date. So you're getting legit, up-to-date jerseys that the players wear. So if you want a jersey for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for anything, hockey season is in full swing, you got to get some new swag. Go to CoolHockey.com, use promo code JohnScott20, and you get 20% off all of their Adidas jerseys. Isn't that crazy? So... CoolHockey.com, use promo code JohnScott20 and get 20% off Adidas jerseys, and you'll help this guy out a little bit. So get some jerseys. You'll be looking good for the new year. Scott. 
So, I mean, John was pretty lucky. You never had any major injuries that cost you, you know, weeks or months at a time to be out, right, John? No, I had a knee surgery, but that was about it. But, I mean, like, there are so many things that fans don't know about, just the bumps and grinds of, like, bruises, cuts, scrapes, tears, all those things, like, that no one ever would really know other than the trainer. Probably the I have trainer. a funny story. I want to cut you off when I had my first knee surgery. I, I had it scoped. I was just out of surgery. And I was laid <laughs> up in the hotel room because I think we had just been married. I, yeah, I came to visit you. We didn't yeah. have kids yet. We didn't have kids. And so I was like still, literally like a few hours out of surgery. And the doctor's like, just don't move. Don't do anything. And so I have it hanging. Was it hanging off the bed or something? You were sitting on the bed. What happened? I can't remember what happened. I tripped over his leg. He literally booted my surgically re- repaired leg like three hours after I, I left surgery. You were really bad. Oh, I was like, what? It must have been quite a sound you made. Oh, my he was God. actually very stoic. He yeah. was like, oh, it doesn't hurt that bad. It's okay. Right. We're good. We're good. Oh, man. So anyways, go ahead. Sorry, Tim. Well, I mean, so I mean, John was pretty lucky uh, injury-wise, but I'm sure he still had so many just little things just beaten up, especially uh, being, being an enforcer. How was it, what was it like to see him come home with just bruises and scrapes and pretending he wasn't hurt, as he, even though he probably was dealing with pain and stuff? You, you didn't get hurt, no. honestly. Um, you had that one thumb thing, which was really terrible, but that was it. And I'd break my nose a few times. Yeah, the nose thing was probably the worst, just because. But that's gotten worse even over the years. But you were you were pretty lucky. You just would, you'd had a hard time like keeping weight on. That was your thing. And you'd be tired and you're just eating enough. And yeah. But yeah, I know some of the guys had a lot that they had to do to their bodies to make them. But yeah, you didn't get a ton of ice time. So you were okay. There you go. <laughs> John's getting a phone call. But no, I don't actually remember. Well, I'll say this. I would, before we had like a family picture or something, I'd like, can you try and like, like keep things together yeah like not have a black uh, there was many times that we had to get things rearranged because there's a black eye or there's something going on like engagement pictures were messed up (laughs) yeah can you can you talk a little bit about how you kind of saw uh, like his talent and confidence develop over the years being from like a a college player in the minor leagues and then rising through the ranks to the NHL what that was like from, from your perspective yeah um I always knew John was a really good player. I feel like I was his biggest fan, truly. But um, there's just so much pressure on you guys. And I feel like I always felt, I felt for him having to just rise to the occasion where you're not making a mistake, but then you want to be able to play to your full potential. And I do remember um, being traded a lot, too, I think is terrible for that because you have to start all over again and right when you'd kind of get into your stride then you'd have to move and it's the same thing all over again but that was always my prayer through your career is to see you just show your skill and your talent because people were always I remember this whenever we go to a new team people have this idea of what kind of hockey player John was and you get on the ice and you'd have a blast playing with all the guys and they're just really impressed at how good that you actually are and it was not just a goon. You know? No, yeah. No, people always would say that to him when he came to a new team. So I feel like that prayer was answered in the All-Star game. I feel like he had his moment to just be himself and have fun and just show that he is a good hockey player. 
So how much were you aware of like who we was playing and who we might be fighting that night? Because I know you talked about like, oh, I got Paros tomorrow, or I got Cam Jansen in a couple of days. Were you like following that too? No, no, I like don't follow anything. And he is John keeps a lot to himself. Like if he mentions, I feel like people. I hear about other people having these like deep, long conversations about. We don't really like get. I don't know. We just don't talk about stuff like that. I don't know. So I'm like butchering this, but I, I didn't want to worry her yeah. with stuff that I felt was inconsequential to her. So I'm. I, why would I complain about? It? I'm going to fight this guy in a few days. I'm super nervous about it. In my brain, I was like. Don't even. It's not even her deal. Like you deal with yourself. So I didn't bring it up. But you would, as we started. I mean, we were married longer. You would say just like one little thing, and I'd be like, "Oh, wait a minute. That means he's nervous." Yeah. <laughs> you know, you would just say like one, and then maybe you'd say it again, and then it would flag me like, "Oh, he's nervous," and then I'd start asking you questions about it, and then you would kind of talk about it a little bit. And then it was kind of interesting for me to hear what was making you nervous because actually that ended up helping you because yeah. I was like, what? You're nervous about that? You're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. And I I'm think like book. my blunt um, genuineness, I guess, almost was a blessing in those situations. I'd and be like, we talked before of how, you know, John's been, you know, nervous or having trouble sleeping, you know, for a fight the next day. And you're kind of like, John. You're three inches taller. You got forty pounds on them. They're more scared than you are. Yeah, and that's I mean, that was pretty eye opening for you, right? Yeah, it was just like her engineer mind. Yeah, was looking at She's the stats. Well, yeah. I was like feeling bad for these guys. I'm like, you're gonna be just fine. You know, they're like, I can't, I can't imagine how they were feeling. They're like you're <laughs> monster. <laughs> um, how did being an NHL wife change after you had kids? Um. Actually, I thought it became more fun. I don't know. I The worst part about being um, an NHL wife is you're living a life alone. Like, they're gone. I always think it's funny that wherever we lived, I'll try and look back on those places, and I hardly have any memories of John in those places. It was like, that's where I lived by myself, and that's where I, that was my like little box that I lived. And you would come in and out, and we'd go to dinner, and we'd have fun, but... You were you had a whole different life, so it was nice to have kids. Just so I was living my life with somebody, but then you're also raising your kids by yourself, and that's tiring. But then you just feel like you have a family. It was nice. Yeah. So, and I think uh, I was always working when before we had kids. So I know a lot of the hockey wives would do like they'd work out together and grab lunch and kind of live like this luxury have like house cleaner like I never had did any of that I was working and just I didn't have time to do all of those things so I was kind of like alone a lot you weren't your typical no hockey wife were you yeah you you do the workout you go to the nail salon you grab lunch you go and shop for a little bit it paints them out to be very narcissistic people but they did have a routine and they did hang out a lot and you weren't in that group and it looked like fun, and um, we. J- I just grew up really um, frugal, so that just seemed like I was working, and it just seemed like a waste of money to me. That's yeah. just, and I, we just always thought his career was going to be over, and so we were just like, let's just save as much money as we could, and that's what we did. 
So one of my questions was, I think you sort of already answered it, but like once that NHL money started coming in, did you ever feel like, I mean, you guys didn't live too extravagantly, but did you feel like, I don't know, do you ever lost sight of like how, how cool this was or what's important in life when you kind of professional money coming in like that? We just, so we had um, somebody that we secured really early on and we just invested. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we would do, like you see the paycheck and it's like, sometimes it hits you're like, wow, that is a lot of money. And it's like two weeks later, there's going to be more. (laughs) But we just made a budget and we stuck to it and it came in and went right into that account and it was gone. So I feel like as the years went by, we took some nicer vacations, which were really nice. But um, we thought about, like, I think you walked away with, like, one big purchase. You spoiled me a little bit. You bought me some nice, yeah, you bought one nice watch, and John bought me a couple nice purses, which I still have in love. And But a few indulgent, I mean, we went to dinner a lot more than we probably should have, and, you know. We were aware of the ending date of my career and so yeah like she said we always assumed it was that year was our last year yeah so we would like rent a nice house but not in a nice nice area so like on just on the outskirts of the really nice area we'd rent a decent house so it wasn't like crazy you know yeah we just wanted to save money i never bought the crazy car we never like well we didn't go nuts we weren't silly with our money so but because though you're not spending a lot of money it kind of limits who you hang out with like i just didn't partake with a lot of the activities that the women were doing so kind of my next question too is like you know you hear stories of guys that are, they were making like the 10 million dollars a year like jumbo and patty marlowe and, and i'll tell you a story about that it's so bizarre to go to the rink because they used to pay you with checks physical checks <laughs> if you didn't have direct um deposit okay and guys would have three or four checks in their locker. And one time, I think we were scratched, and I was with somebody like, let's open up this check. <laughs> and we opened it up, and it was like $175,000 for two weeks. Ugh. And he had like three or four of them just thrown in the bottom. I'm not going to say who, but I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah. Some were even more than more. that, like 300000 Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember one time, it was your birthday, and somebody, asked, I think it was Patrick Kane, he was like, what do you want for your birthday? Or... You're like, can you just give me one of your paychecks? <laughs> one of your paychecks will probably equal my whole year's salary. He didn't do it. He didn't bite, no. He's just not a nice guy. So he did not do it. So those players like tend to like, I mean, when they when you guys go out, or they're the ones who, if they're good, will pick up the tab and stuff. Do the wives do the same thing? No, the wives are really cheap. And here's the thing. Um, it, and everybody's different. But a lot of the, the guys that make those big bucks, they have an accountant that takes care and their wife is like allotted a certain amount of money and like that's just what they get and everybody's different sometimes it's like their whole what they have to budget their whole house hold with and Mm. I mean there was very few that just had like endless I mean free reign honey I did but I was like so conservative um but I mean and I mean budget like loosely I mean yeah thousands of dollars i mean ten thousand dollar a week like for just like yeah Yeah. um but it does uh like the players that make the most money their wives kind of stick together they just have a similar lifestyle you know and they're usually the people that are in the same town longer like that's what the franchise is built around so they see lots of people coming and going they just don't get as invested 
and then yeah they go on these vacations like the people like renting yachts and you know like that's their lifestyle and then the people that are kind of like more the fringe people I hate to say that it's like around money but it's just like around your lifestyle like yeah we're both here we're brand new you know we kind of live close to each other that that's the people that you hang out with yeah oh your husband sits out a lot so does mine <laughs> let's hang out you know you just have more in common that's how it goes yeah, yeah. So, so what are some things people, people probably don't realize about being a hockey wife um it's a mixed bag people always expect them to be like really dramatic and have like a lot of problems there's a mixed bag and I that's the one thing that's really nice about a hockey team is everybody is just your instant friends like you're all there together there'll be like super hippie granola hockey wives in New York City there's actual like supermodels that you'd see like I feel like I know you oh I do know you because you're on that poster right there (laughs) you know Um, and just all different types of relationships but for the most part everybody gets along like Yeah, I think people think that they're just these nasty people just because they have money. But a lot of people are like high school sweethearts from like the farm in Saskatoon or, you know, just really normal, nice people. But, you know, there's always a couple. There's always a couple. It's just like every workplace, though. There's always a few people who are not nice and you just kind of avoid them. Yeah. We all know who those people are. What's that? We all know who those people are. Yeah. You. Guilty. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. All right. Well, a couple more questions. Okay. Um, this is so, going really, actually, smoothly. Yeah. I'm, like, really blown away by how well you're doing. Danielle was like, oh, I'm super boring. No one's going to want to listen to this. So this, is, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about before the show that we're not going to really touch on the All-Star game. I feel like we've beaten that story to death. You guys have both spoken on that many times. Yeah. I did win the MVP, though. Did you know that? <laughs> you won the MVP? 2016. I won the MVP wow. for the All-Star game. And everyone gets an MVP trophy? Just one, one person wins the MVP. Wow. And I won it out of all the NHL. Me. That's pretty good. Yeah. You don't want to talk about that? <laughs> I think okay. it's, it's been done. Okay. So besides that game, what, as it relates to hockey, what has been your proudest moment for John? Um, Gosh. I, I don't really know. Yeah. There's a, a couple, I guess. I remember in Buffalo, you were really starting to hit your stride, and you know, I feel like you were happy there. It's it just when he's happy, I'm happy. Like I, truly, I remember when your first year playing with Jock Lemaire, you would just like light up. Like he just really helped you, and he would say that you guys just got along really well. And he yeah. like he had a good way of coaching you. I was playing 15 minutes a night. Yeah, I had a coach who understood my game, and it really, really was great. Yeah, so, and he had a, a lot of confidence situation. in you. Um, it was cool to see you just come into your own too. Just when you're young, you, I feel like you're kind of nervous with the team, and you know, just to kind of come into your own person. And I feel like too with hockey, we were kind of outsiders, and it was cool to see John just take that on and be comfortable with it. And Did you ever get any fans in the stands heckling me? Um, no, but the no. wives would talk about that. Yeah, they would talk about um, encounters with fans. Like, you're a bum, Burns! No, but I do remember, um, I remember, like, feeling livid. I remember watching 
um, Milbury, was it Mike Milbury, say something about you on TV, and I I was like, if he, if I ever see that man, he is just going to get it. And like, I feel like we saw him. I know, but at that point, and I finally had that moment, and he was like, he looked like. He was so deflated after the the All Star game. We saw him early in the morning after the All Star game. We went to the airport at like four a.m. Yeah, four thirty, and he was there getting on the same flight as us. I think. Did you get any sleep that night? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We, we didn't go out and party. You were the we MVP. Like, we literally went to dinner, had a few drinks, and went back to the room. Oh. Yeah, put the kids to bed. Well, we saw Milbury in the the security line with us, and he looked just sad, just like. <laughs> Yeah, on TV. I mean, you wanted. I wanted to say something to him, but then when I saw him in person, I was just like, I feel like we've already saying nothing is just better. But oh, there was a moment. I oh, I just remember. I feeling so angry, and I think I would have. I just it would have just been so natural for me just to just really give it to him. I would have loved to see that. You made him look like a fool in front of the whole country. I know. He was probably a little disappointed jumping on the plane because he had just built this whole thing up and I was going to fail. Because that was uh, in the All-Star game we were talking about earlier. That's, oh, that's, that's the same thing? That's the same one. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, so last, last question for you, Danielle. Um, what advice would you give to a young NHL couple just kind of breaking into the league, 25, something like that, with the, really the whole career ahead of them? What advice would you give them based on your experience? Um, save your money. There's going to be lots of people blowing lots of money, and it looks like a lot of fun. It's not worth it. Just save your money and do whatever you can do to protect your marriage. That's what counts in the end. And there's a lot of our friends that are divorced now after hockey. Some people are in it. They like all the glitz and the glam. Um, just remember that doesn't last. You know, make sure you're investing into your marriage. That's what really lasts, and it's what's important. John. And we did Amen. that, and it, we had some difficult decisions that weren't as fun as what everybody else was doing. But I'm glad our marriage has survived, and that's what's important. Yeah. Any other advice to add? Um, just be really obedient to your husband, <laughs> and just kind of do whatever he wants. Um, have fun. I do remember yeah. that lifestyle wasn't really my cup of tea, but I remember being like, I'm at this party, and this stuff is really cool, and a lot of people would really like to be here, so just enjoy it, because it's not going to last forever. Appreciate it, but realize it's not all that there is in Yeah. 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 I thought it was a blessing that we weren't in with the cool crowd. We still hung out with engineers. We hung out with our friends from college. We had that different set of friends that kind of ground us. Yeah, and there was always, people always liked you. You always had... I'm just a likable guy. Yeah, but it wasn't, I guess, the cool club ever. I never ran with the cool club. I think mm-hmm. the cool club isn't always what it's cracked up to be. No. Tim's taking pictures of us. He's creeping us out. No. Yes. Okay. Uh, last thing I have for you, John. Two trivia questions about oh, your career. About Danielle? No, about yourself. Oh. Oh, we'll see who knows him. Yeah. Well, if, you, if you feel like you want to answer, yeah. feel free to. All right. All right. Two questions. First one. In what year of your what's the year of your career did you have the highest time on ice average? My first year. It was yeah. exactly. For Jack right. Lemire. Yeah. 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 Do you know what it was? Any any guess? Probably like twelve to fifteen. Nine. Eight. Nine. Nine, nine, four, nine minutes fourteen seconds. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> that's a good. What about your lowest? Lowest was probably gosh. Chicago. Lowest by a lot. Lowest by a lot. Chicago. Is it a team or is it? Yep one one season. The rain like how, is it the Rangers? No. In Chicago. Buffalo. Buffalo. My first year. Twelve thirteen. 
Yeah. 13, 14, I played a lot more. Yeah, you did. Frost, Lindy. Yeah. Was that with Lindy? Um, okay, second question. You have, I'm looking at your hockey fights profile. There were four teams. It ranks all the teams you fought against. There's a three-way tie for first place where you had four fights against three different teams. St. Louis. Yep. What are the other two? Um, I gotta go potty. I can tell. <laughs> three of them, I think. Westchester, Winchester once. Um, St. Louis. Would it be oh, Toronto? No. They were three. Um, I don't remember that. LA, things. Anaheim. 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 Third one surprised me. Eastern Conference team. Eastern Conference team. I would have to say, I don't know. Ooh. Islanders. Islanders. Who are you fighting there? Um, I fought, I have no idea. No idea. A lot of hits to the head there. Oh, huh? Karkner. Karkner, yeah. Karkner a few times. They were a rough fought, team, um, weren't they? Joel Recklich, I think. They were a rough team, yeah. Yeah, how many fights? Tim, I gotta wrap. I gotta go potty. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Anything else for the fans, Danielle? Any closing thoughts? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this was a blast. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime. All right, sounds good. And that is dropping the gloves. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Oh